Hey everybody, and welcome to Sorry I'm All Booked. I'm your host, Emily Golightly, a K-5 school librarian in Eastern North Carolina. And in this episode, I'm excited to be interviewing fellow North Carolina school librarian, Stacy Hersey. Stacy is not only the director of the Battle of the Books program for our entire state, she is also a veteran teacher and librarian with 24 years of experience. She is a vital part of the North Carolina School Library Media Association, and I'm really excited to share our chat with you so we can all gain new ideas for implementing Battle of the Books teams at the elementary, middle, and high school levels. I am talking today to Stacey Hersey, who is in charge of the North Carolina Battle of the Books. And so I just wanted to take a few minutes to let her introduce herself and talk a little bit about what her current role is in education and how she got into Battle of the Books with North Carolina School Library Media Association. So Stacey, jump in there whenever you're ready. Okay. All right. Thanks. Um, Well, I am a K-5 uh, elementary librarian, um, and I have been for this is my twelfth year. Um, and prior in my prior life, I always tell the students in my prior life, I was a fourth grade teacher, um, and I did that for about twelve years. So um, altogether, I'm, I've been in North Carolina for all of my educational teaching experience for twenty four years. Um, and I got in interested and started with Battle of the Books when I was a fourth grade teacher. Um, it was our the librarian at the school kind of you know, started talking to the kids about it. And then I was like, what is this all about? Um, For several years, I helped coach, um, helped her coach. And then she left and we got a new librarian who knew nothing about that, all the books. So then I kind of was like, well, let me tell you about this because we have to have a team. And um, then it just kind of led into me becoming a librarian and going to the new school. I went to a different school then and um, starting my own team there. So I think it's, a great program. I've had good experiences with it. Um, so it's kind of close and near and dear to my heart, which then led me to being involved in the committee um, just as a member for a couple years. And then I got asked to be the chair of EBOB. So I did that for, I think, two years. And then when the director of book programs was leaving that position, she asked me if I would step up to that. And I said, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been doing that. I was actually supposed to kind of go off this year, but we had a lot of changes with the chairs in all three of the levels. And so I just kind of felt like I needed to stay for a little bit longer to provide some consistency so that oh, there would awesome. be. Yeah. So, so I'll be around for another two years in this position, I guess. Uh, well, I'm glad that you are because this is my first year really diving into this. I tried to do a little virtual battle of the books during COVID. Um, so I'm still a newer librarian. This is my third year. And so, you know, the the virtual thing, we didn't really get that off the ground too well. We, we tried the best we could. We had a couple of meetups at parks and things where there could be open air and yeah, all that. that, but was, hard. that it, was hard. So this is my yeah. first real year. So I'm really excited, but it's good to have people like you that know what they're doing that kind of help guide us newbies. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm glad um, that you're, I'm glad that you're getting it back up and going. And I hope that a lot of people will, because um, the virtual was hard. Even the only reason I even had a team um, during that year was because I had some fourth graders that had moved up to fifth grade and they were like, please, please, please. And I said, okay, so we did it, but it was only because they, we had had that year together before 
Mm-hmm. And so they kind of knew, you know, we had the procedures in place and they could kind of do things on their own. But yeah, it was a struggle. So I'm glad that things are back to more of a normal. Yeah, absolutely. So having done this in a classroom role and a librarian role, can you tell me what your favorite thing about Battle of the Books is? Like, what do you love most about it? What keeps you coming back to do all these leadership roles and all this stuff over the years? Well, I think... um First of all, I think that the book lists themselves are really good. And I'm really proud um, of the elementary lists over the last couple of years. We um, and, and I've been on the committee for a long time and I will completely and fully own that we did not do a great job at looking at diversity very much. Um, in return, not so much in terms of characters, but in terms of authors and authors' voices. And I think the committee over the last couple of years has really stepped up and we can only do so much so every year because we don't want to, you know, wipe everybody's budget by completely replacing all of the books. So it's a slow process, but I think the book lists are always just great book lists. Um, I love YA, the genre is that's my favorite. So I always am so excited about the HBOD lists because those are like ones I like to read for my own personal enjoyment. So I love those. So I think on all three levels, the book lists are really great. And I think that it um, allows kids that um, this is their area to shine. So it allows them to do that. You know, they're not maybe going to be on a sports team. They don't necessarily care about music, I mean, you know, other hobbies, I guess, kind of reading is their thing. And so it's a way for them to um, just shine with that. And I think that's probably what keeps me coming back. I love that. I absolutely agree. Both of my kids have participated in Battle of the Books at the mm-hmm. elementary and middle school levels. And our, our high schools don't really do that because high right. school kids are involved in everything. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard to really get that together. But um you know, avid readers. And I think a lot of that is because of their involvement and just the volume of reading that they got to do through that program. You know, just yeah. I, I've I've loved having them be a part of it. That's kind of what inspired me because I never participated in Battle of the Books as a kid. And so, you know, my experience was through my children first. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I always taught primary grades. And so until I was in the library, I really didn't have the chance to do anything with this. So right. it's been a learning curve, but I'm loving it. And yeah. like you, you know, I'm loving the book titles, I'm so excited about some of the titles this year at the elementary level. One of my kids even came up to me and said, um, you know, this these topics, like some of these books are some really hard stuff that they're going through. Yeah. You know, he's, he's read enough that he's kind of getting into a good chunk of them. He's probably read a third of the list now. And he it was so mature of him to come up and, and kind of say that to me when he was checking out another title. And I just thought, wow, he's right. There is a lot of tough stuff, but I think it's right. good stuff, you know? Yes. So, well, and I love and appreciate um, that he said that and that you just shared that because we um, get a lot of flack <laughs> over our lists in the last couple of years. Um, we kind of were getting, I said, well, we always seem to make some group angry every year. So it's just who, who is it going to be this year? Cause we put <laughs> a lot of flack for a lot of years because it was just, it wasn't diverse enough. We weren't doing enough. Then we've started switching. And then they're like, why are you introducing topics that are not appropriate for elementary? And I'm like, there's not anything in these books that are not appropriate. And every kid doesn't have to read every book. If there's something that your family doesn't agree with and it's in one of the books, you don't have to read that book. 
Well, um, and that's a good point that you said, you know, and two, they, they don't want to expose elementary kids to tough stuff, but a lot of our kids are going through those tough things too. Right. And it right. validates their experience. So I Absolutely. think it's important. I really appreciate that you guys have curated these lists so carefully. Yes. So can you speak a little bit about that selection process? Well, the, um, the process, we actually have a nomination form on all three levels on the website that we now leave open all year long. So anyone can nominate. So I encourage librarians to have your students. If a student reads a really good book and they're like, oh, I just love this book. It's so good. The students can nominate it. You might need to go onto the website, and like help them, you know, navigate it. But um, because there are some questions about Lexile level, because we do take that into consideration um, because we have to we write questions for the books and we write 150 questions per book. So there's got to have enough meat in the book. So sometimes kids recommend books and they're like, you should do this book. Sometimes I get we get sweet little emails and it's like, mm -hmm. well, it is a great book, but we can't. There's not enough meat to write that many questions. So we kind of look at that. We look at including, um, you know, diverse um, perspectives from the authors as well as characters in the books, um, trying to find books that maybe are not super popular. You know, the books that kids maybe wouldn't find on their own, not necessarily all of them. I mean, that's not really a criteria, but obviously we're not going to say, well, that's a super popular book. We're not going to pick it. Um, but we do usually try and I can only speak from the elementary level because that was where my experience was. But normally once books are nominated, we try to have the committee members read um, as many of the nominated books as they can so that when we meet to discuss, it's not just like a blurb. You know, oh, well, a kid read this. He said it was really good. You know, it's kind of like, no, we really read it. And then we'll usually in the past, we've had like a Google Doc where everybody will make comments about, well, this is really good. These are really, you know, this is a tough topic. Are we going to, is this going to be too heavy? You know, how's this look? So there's a lot of thought that goes into it. Um, and I know that the MBOB and the HBOB um, have those same kind of discussions. Um, that's one of the responsibilities of committee members is to, you know, not only um, help write questions, but help pick those books. And I'm super excited. There was a little bit of um, of a mix up this year on the EBOB list, but going forward, all the books are now going to have a student's choice book um, where there will be students will get to pick it. So they'll get to pick the 16th book. So um, we can pick some of those that maybe got recommended that maybe for whatever reason, the committee was like, man, I'm not sure it's a great book this year, but let's let's let the kids decide. So they'll pick three of them and then the students will get to get to select. So I love that, that we're trying to get the students a little involved and let the students have a voice in, hey, which of these three books do you think would be good to read? Um, and I know last year I had my rising middle schoolers um, come vote, my team members. And then I said, you know, do you think some of your other friends would maybe be interested in in voting and seeing and, you know, maybe doing this next year? They didn't do it this year. And so I said, so talk to your friends if they're thinking about doing it in middle school. So a couple kids came down, you know, then they were like, we might do this next year. You know, what can we do? And I said, well, then let's vote. Let's vote on the book. So, I mean, maybe that kind of helped it get their excitement up a little bit for the next level um, and get them a little bit interested in knowing that, hey, I get to pick one of the books, you know. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's kind of a fun thing that we've added. So hopefully that'll, you know, continue to go over well. Well, and, you know, we talk all the time in education about giving students voice and choice, right. and that's exactly what you're doing. So I love that. Yeah. Um, 
Now, selfishly, like I said, for me being a, a newbie here, for our North Carolina Battle of the Books, what are some good resources that you would suggest for coaches who are just getting started? Are there some that you think are more helpful than others and some resources that are better for elementary versus middle schoolers? Well, each level of the, um, of the Bob, each of the Bob levels on the website, we have a members only page. Um, sometimes people may not find that because they get to the basic page and then they don't see the little link to the members only page. So the members only page does have a few um, resources on there, like some bookmarks, a title author um, matching quiz, um, some flashcards for like title author things. Um, and then we hope to kind of continue to add to that. Sometimes we see things and somebody will share something. I'm like, oh, that's great. Put that on that, you know, put that on that members only page or can I share that with our members? Mm -hmm. um, I think that um, the mybobteam.com is a useful website which has um, practice questions. They have battles that are kind of set up, which is kind of nice. I use that site. Um, when I'm practicing with my team, because it's real easy to, to, you know, go back and forth and it has the little 20 second timer built in and the 10 second timer built in. Um, the kids come, can go on and practice questions, um, which is kind of nice because it just gets them used to the format. Um, there's also another website called battlequestions.com. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not as familiar with that one. Um, and I've been told that those are more geared towards the elementary and the middle, the high school. There's not as a lot of resources. Again, high school is a little bit slower to get off the ground, I think, mainly because high schoolers just don't have time for free reading. Yeah. So, you know, they're working, they're they're working and trying to get the program up and running really well. Um, I think that, um, like I said, a lot of times, probably kids that are readers probably take that list or adults like me take the list and they just are like, yay, these are great books and they read them and nece not necessarily um, sign up to compete on the team mm -hmm. um, because they just don't have the time. So, um, and I'm not even sure how much battle questions is. My BOB team, I think it's like $125 and you get six student accounts with it mm -hmm. um, or something like that. It's around that price, which some schools, you know, don't have the money. I usually um, squirrel away book fair funds for that. I just kind of keep that in my little um, bank <laughs> for that when it's time for that. But when we first started, um, when I started, you know, years ago, there was internet, but I, <laughs> there wasn't really things that supported the program. So a lot of the, what we did to get practice questions is we required our students to write questions. Oh. And so we had all the students like we would give them. I mean, we didn't make them write a lot, but we would make them write, you know, 15 questions or so for the book in the format, you know, in which book did such and such happen. And um, then we would use those um, to kind of practice. And I was always really surprised by what great questions the kids wrote. Um, <laughs> you know, we had to kind of model and talk about what what a good question is and how you can't put certain clues in it. You can't have different words, but um, that was just kind of one way because you do want the kids to be used to the format. So you've got to come up with them somewhere. Um, yeah. And so those are those are probably good resources. Um, Kahoot, um, a lot of times you can search on Kahoot and there's some already pre-made ones with the, with the books. Um, you just kind of have to make sure that the books match, you know, I mean, uh -huh. that they've selected all of them. 
Um, so those are a couple a couple resources, I guess, that to use to get started. Yeah, and I will say our, our school is using battle questions this year, and okay. I think similar in price. We got twelve uh, licenses, so I think it was closer to one fifty, if I'm remembering correctly. But like you, you know trying to squirrel away money. And what we did is um, at our school, we want to raise money for things. We have a jeans week and you pay to wear yes. jeans. Yes. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you know, that was enough to get our um, battle questions funded with a little bit left over. Um, so, so hopefully, you know, that'll be a good resource in the future. Cause I'm, I'm selfish with my book for money. It's like, I want to use it for all fun things for the library, yes. you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but I like the idea, too, of the kids creating the questions. I think that's really a powerful activity because you think about wanting those kids to get into those higher levels of blooms and, right. you know, really that higher order thinking that sometimes, you know, those surface level activities don't challenge them in right. that way. And so I, I love that. I think that's a great way to, you know, extend their learning. Um, so do you have any struggling readers who participate on your team? And if so, how do you support them in being successful? Well, I have not. I thought that was a really great question. And um, I would not say that I really have ever probably. I've had a couple um, students on my teams throughout the years that were um, EL students. That English was not their first language. Mm -hmm. um, and, but they were really good readers. And um, I would do a little bit with them sometimes where we would just talk about some, sometimes that was more vocabulary kind of practice. Mm -hmm. um, but typically, unfortunately, I think, <laughs> struggling students just are not at all interested because they don't really like to read. And then when they see how many books they have to read and how, big the books are. They're like, you know, because I usually do an interest meeting. I usually meet with my third and fourth graders at the end of the year. And I give them a bookmark. I talk to them about the program. I tell them read over the summer. There's books in the library. Um, I have before worked it out where kids could come one day a week to the library and maybe check out a book or two if they're interested. I haven't done that for a couple of years, probably before COVID. But um, so I pump them up and get them excited about that. And then when school starts back, I do another interest meeting just because sometimes people have changed their mind over the summer. We get new students, you know, and then, so that's kind of open. Hey, you want to learn more about battle of the books? They come down and, you know, I get a lot of kids the first time. And then I usually have the books on the shelf. And then I say, these are the books that you're going to be reading. And then right then, like, you know, bunch of kids go, oh, you know, <laughs> that's a big stack of books. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm out. And then, like, you know, and you have to practice and there's, it's just like being on a team. You've got to get better and there's going to be work. It's fun, but it's work. You know, it's not just to get out of class time. It's, you know, then, then that loses a bunch of other people, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Um, and I usually start with a title author quiz. Um, as kind of my first round of elimination. Cause I'm like, if you guys can't put in the work to just learn, you know, 15 titles and 15 authors on a matching quiz, how hard are you going to work reading these books? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. And so sometimes I have students that don't do very well on that, but they um, really want to do it. And then I'll say, well, come to the first couple of meetings and we'll talk about it. And we talk about the format and we I'll throw some questions out because by at that point they haven't read books. You know, I mean, some of them have read over the summer and some of them are, you know, some of them are avid readers. They're already like you said, you have the one boy that's like a third of the way through the list. And then you have others that are like, I'm only on the second book. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. So you can't really do too much practicing. 
Um, but I'll usually let those children, you know, let those students kind of come. And then a lot of times they, they make the decision themselves that they're like, this is, this is, I can't, I can't read this fast, you know, and then usually I will give them, you know, I'll say, well, keep the list. And then um, you can still check out these books if you'd like. I, you know, keep reading them and keep plugging through there. And then maybe next year you'll find that you'll be ready. And sometimes I've had kids come back the next year and are like, Miss Hersey, I'm ready. I, I think I can do it now. I've read this summer and I feel like, and then they, you know, and then they're successful. But I think, I think that's probably one of the drawbacks of the program is that you kind of, it's kind of attracting already Mm -hmm. successful readers. I think the struggling readers probably are not as interested. And we are trying to start building another kind of piece of our program um, for schools that maybe don't want to be part of the competition part, but would like to use the book list in another way. So I'm hoping as we develop that, that's kind of just in the very pre-planning stages, um, get a little sneak peek. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that that will be able to be where like the struggling readers could fit in. Or we could open it up where maybe you have a third grade teacher that's super excited about it and is like, hey, I'd like to do just a couple of the books and get my kids pumped up for next year when they can actually participate on the team. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, hopefully that'll kind of fill in, yeah. fill in that little gap. Yeah, I've got several that are struggling readers that are on our team as of right now. And, you know, anything could happen as the weeks right. go on, but um, very motivated. And what I've been doing is trying to encourage them to listen to the audiobooks. Yes. Because, you know, as I said, you know, check out the, the book book and then take the, you know, audiobook from the NC Kids Digital Library and yes. kind of follow along. And so, so far they're enjoying that. Now, I don't know how much they've gotten through because with audiobooks it's a little bit slower but right. it's probably right. faster than if they were trying to slog through it by themselves you know absolutely and i think the use of audiobooks is a great suggestion and i have told my kids that too before i'm like you know do that and then obviously and some kids do a lot better with that because they're um, auditory learners right. so they could listen to that book and they'll remember all those little i would be terrible at that because i am not an auditory learner i do love audiobooks and i have learned learn to listen to them but my first <laughs> i listened to them in the car and i said my very first one i probably looked so strange to people driving down the road because i literally was like getting closer to the speaker like <laughs> what you know what and then i'd have to rewind and rewind and because i just it was a new way of learning for me yeah but you are going to have those students that probably could do that and they will be some of your strongest team members yeah well i and i've enjoyed having them because like you said some kids don't have their thing just yet yeah. especially in the elementary level they're still figuring out what that thing is yeah and so even for a struggling reader just because reading is tricky maybe your comprehension is is great you know when you right. hear it like you said so i'm just trying to encourage and let them figure out for themselves where they fit you know and this might be it it might not and that's okay right and i think the key word you said too was that they're really motivated and mm -hmm. so when I do that title author quiz and I return it to the students and they got like three right, you know, you can tell, I can tell a lot of kids, I give it to them and they're like, yeah, okay. And then some of them are like, oh, you know, they're like uh -huh. crushed. And I'm like, okay, well, do you want another chance? Do you want to come yeah. back? Do you want to keep working on it? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay, well then let's do this. Um, you know, so that I think can, the motivation part can overcome and encourage them through the struggling part, most Absolutely. definitely. 
<laughs> so one more question for you. Um, okay. You have a favorite Bob title and why is this title your favorite? Well, Emily, I cannot believe that you as a fellow librarian would dare to ask me about a favorite book because I'm sure that is like, that is probably one of my least favorite questions because I can't ever pick just one. So um, I was glad I had a little um, heads up on this because I was like, oh gosh. So I actually have two from this year's list and I'll tell you why. I love Front Desk um and i'm actually um i've just i'm working on the fourth book in that series i think it's such a fabulous series and i just love that book so much um and then the other one that i really really love is league of seven um and the one of the reasons that i really love that is because it's been on the list before mm -hmm. and the first time it was on the list i was like this book just looks weird um <laughs> you know what is this book all about and then I read it and it was my introduction, which I didn't even know this was a genre, steampunk. Uh -huh. So I was like, this is fabulous. I was like, this is so cool. And um, that year, or maybe not that year, but one of the following years, I moderated for the middle school competition in our district. And that year they had a book on the list called Etiquette and Espionage. Yes, espionage. my daughter loved that one. Yes. <laughs> And that's that same kind of thing. And I hadn't read the book, but from the questions, I was like, this sounds a little bit like League of Seven, like the, yeah. the old with the new. And so I ran right to the library, got it and read that whole series. I was like, this is fabulous. So League of Seven kind of just has a special place in my heart because um, it was like such a different genre that I had never been exposed to. And I was like, what is this? I mean, we've got trains, but it's the 18. I mean, we've got like spaceships, but it's the. 1800s i mean what how are these things going together you know so i thought that was kind of fun and then i just have to say too i have to give two other books on the other lists a shout out on the mbob list i love starfish yes. which i actually have in my elementary school library and um do you have it right there so good so good um i had and i have students that come in all the time and some of my struggling readers when they're you know they're like i'm like read this book it's short it's like poetry it's in prose you're gonna love it and they will come back every time and be like this book was so good so um i love that one and then on the hbob list i love um good girl's guide to murder and uh, that's a series too i maybe it's holly jackson lisa jackson i can't remember the author right now but it's so good because it's just a good um mystery suspense so well, and i do love that you picked some that are series because i love a book that's going to suck kids into reading more books yes. <laughs> so yes. i'm the same way yes um, and i'm definitely somebody that gets invested in the characters and then it's like well what happens next i want to hear more so i'm, I'm totally there with you yeah um, well i i've just really enjoyed our conversation and i appreciate well, let me ask you though first do you have you read all the books on the list do you have a favorite I'm working on it. I have not finished them all yet. So okay. I, I'm doing the Donalyn Miller 40 book challenge. So I've got okay. a big poster in my library and I put up a book cover every time I finish a book. And yeah. I've been starting with the Bob books. And so the kids keep seeing them pop up there. And there were some like you that kind of surprised me. Um, I had not read The Last Musketeer before. Uh -huh. And that's not typically a genre that I necessarily gravitate towards. I'm like a yeah. realistic fiction gal, you know? Yes, me too. But um, to that historical tie-in with the little fantasy spin, I'm just really, yeah. you know, I, I really enjoyed that more than I thought I would. Um, and again, like you said, with the Alan Gratz, you know, 
I'm a huge Alan Gratz fan. Yes. In fact, I, I, you know, went to the NC Slama conference a few weeks ago and got to meet some of the yes. authors, him, you know, Joe Watson Hackle with smack dab in the middle yes. of it. And so I popped those pictures up on the projector and showed the kids. And I was like, look, I met the people that wrote these books and they were freaking out. They were so yeah. excited, especially about Alan Gratz because, you know, he's just amazing. I, I yeah, you know, he moderated, he, he moderated the MBOB state competition last year for us. Oh my gosh. I just love him. He's yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah. And that's so different than some of his other stuff. Yes. Which is also yeah. why I liked it. Um, you just said something that made me, um, oh, I always tell the students because there's typically a historical fiction book every mm -hmm. year and that's probably my least favorite genre. Mm -hmm. And so I always tell the students, I always save that one till last. And you know, every time I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm always like, blood on the river. And then I'm like, it was so good. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, and I think too, reading with a purpose, it's like, I might not have picked it before. It kind of twisted my arm, but then I'm like, okay, yes. yeah, really? This was a lot better than I realized. <laughs> yes. And I love that when I, I love when the students discover that too, because mm -hmm. they will do the same thing. They're like, well, I'm starting with that one because I'm starting with Crenshaw. That one looks good. Or I'm starting with this one because it's skinny, you know, yeah. or I'm, I'm going to leave that one. And then they come back and they go, this one was so good. I should have read it earlier. And I'm like, oh, I love that. Or yeah. I would have never read this if I hadn't been on the team. You yes. know, because they're like, I wouldn't have picked this book. And I'm like, that's me with every historical fiction one. I would have been like, The Adventures of Homer P. Fig, no thank you. And then I'm like, oh, Homer, you know? <laughs> Well, and I think as an educator, it makes me better too, because it helps me have recommendations and read likes yes. for kids that are into that stuff that maybe I wouldn't have known about that if it hadn't have been on that list. So right. I, there's right. just so many good things about this program that I'm just thankful that we have it in North Carolina. And I know not me every too. state does. So I know. We're, me we're too. lucky. <laughs> yes, me too. I agree. I agree. Thank you so much to Stacy Hersey for joining us for a great conversation about the North Carolina Battle of the Books. If you would like to reach out to Stacy for more information, you can find her on Twitter at Stacy Hersey or email her at stacy.hersey at ncslma.org. I have linked other resources for Battle of the Books in the show notes if you'd like more information including details about battlequestions.com and mybobteam.com for those who may be looking for resources to help prepare your teams. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, please email me at emilydgolightly at gmail.com or send me a message on Twitter at emilygolightly3. If you want to help other listeners find this podcast community, please like and subscribe. Follow and tap that notification bell to make sure you never miss an episode. Taking a moment to give the podcast a five-star rating also helps others find our podcast in the sea of podcasts that are out there. So I truly appreciate you taking the time to provide your feedback and help others find our little literacy community. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time.